I think I can, you can hear me and I can hear you, correct? Okay, excellent. Um, and if there are other children here, um, this is also for you. Um, um, you can, welcome to come on up, but I, I have to stay here because of, of the Zoom screen. So um, for you at home and for you guys here, come on up here. Um, how many times have you ever asked mom or dad for something? All the time. All the time, right? <laughs> you you guys have always asked for stuff. How many times have they always given you exactly what you want when you ask for it? Not all the time. Uh, not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I see a head going this way. Yeah. <laughs> and I see Ruth Ann shaking her head too. Sometimes we want things. And either it's not the right thing for that moment. Sometimes we want things that either maybe mom or dad can't purchase for us. Uh, maybe it just financially, we cannot buy you the brand new bicycle that you really want, right? Yeah. I want the newest computer game. And are you going to get it? No. Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe for your next birthday, maybe for Christmas, but not right now. Prayer is kind of like that. Sometimes we even pray to God for something and it's like we don't seem to get the right answer. What if at school, you know you have a test coming up and you don't study for it? You're not going to do that well, right? If you have a test coming up and you haven't studied, but two minutes before the test, and I can say this because I was a school teacher, uh, two minutes before the test, Oh, Lord, help me on the test. <laughs> is that going to work? No. no, probably not. Probably God is going to say, um, you knew the test was happening. I gave you the opportunity to study. Am I going to hand you an A? Maybe you just might get a C because you took the right guesses. But... God answers our prayers, but not sometimes how we want it to be. Thank you for being with us today, and thank you guys. And uh, our sermon is actually about the Lord's Prayer, so which we all pray and all know. Now, I forgot which button to F10 to turn off the sound down there. <laughs> F10. Okay. Got it. Prayer is one of the most ancient forms of human communication with the divine. Prayer goes back to primitive and prehistoric people. Yes, I know we're not primitive and prehistoric people. 
Um, but prayer is not just a possession of Christians. Prayer is not just for uh, possession of Judeo-Christian worldview. Prayer belongs to every human that has ever lived on this planet. Primitive people prayed to the, the gods of nature as they saw them, to the sun god, to the rain, uh, praying for rain to grow plants. Prayer was said by ancient people as they went out to hunt. Prayer is, in however you define it, that one way of communicating with God. God communicates through us, whether it is the God as we believe in Christianity or any other world religion, the divine communicates with human beings. But the only way we communicate with the divine is through prayer. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, prayer has been the chief way of the Old Testament prophets and the people of the time period, as well as the people of the New Testament, the followers of Jesus, to communicate their desires to God. And so it is not unusual at all that the Jesus' disciples ask, Lord, teach us to pray like John's, John's disciples, and John taught his disciples to pray. That's John the Baptist that the John is referring to. Because the disciples wanted to know, are we doing it right? The disciples always seemed to be so full of self-doubt sometimes that they were probably saying to Jesus, are we praying the right way? We don't seem to be getting the right answers, even though it doesn't say that, but knowing how we respond sometimes to prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Many of us have prayed since we were children. Mom or dad taught us prayer. When we were very young children, mom or dad would pray with us, either when we went to bed or at table or in the morning. And as we became a little older, mom or dad would say, remember to brush your teeth and say your prayers when you go to bed. We have prayed for the whole time of our life, even when we were infants, we probably were praying in some way we didn't realize what it was. So Jesus taught his disciples the words we know as the Lord's Prayer, which as a child, when we learned it as a child, seem to have so many strange and unusual words that when we said this prayer by rote, we did it without thought or meaning. It probably took many years before you realized, forgive us our trespasses, or in another version, forgive us our debts. Well, I'm a little child. I don't have any debts. And so sometimes the prayer 
was strange to us, but yet we prayed it. How many times people will say, I pray, but I never get an answer. I pray, but I never seem to get an answer. Or, God never gives me the answer that I'm expecting. I have a serious disease, and I'm praying that God would relieve me of that disease, and it seems like God never gives me an answer. I don't have a serious disease. (laughs) I have to make sure I... (laughs) I highlight that. But the fact that sometimes when we pray, we are saying things that we think we know the answer God will give. But the answer doesn't come, or it comes in a way, and we don't realize the answer has already been given. For example, we pray for peace in the world. But what do we do about being peaceful people? We pray for peace in the world as if it's something out there. But we must, each person must be peaceful people for peace in the world to take place. Many Christians, especially in America, pray for peace in the world and yet believe that it is okay to have AR-15s and other weapons of mass destruction. We pray for peace, but if we ourselves are not peaceful people, peace will not come and God has already given us the answer to peace in the world by saying, love your enemies as yourself. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, St. Francis of Assisi said. Many are praying for an end to the horrible heat wave throughout North America and in Europe. It is a result of global warming. God has given already the answer. God has provided the human being with scientific knowledge. Lord, bring an end to the global warming, the fires, floods, the natural disasters. And yet God is saying, what are you doing about it? God is saying, stop polluting the air with (laughs) our gasoline-driven machines and coal and you name it. Sometimes we ask God for things that we do not need. That old song, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Um, I remember there was one of my coworkers at one of my schools, and she would every once in a while would sing that song, and it was like, 
And she said, I know I'm never going to get a Mercedes Benz, but it's fun to, to ask for it. Sometimes God gives us answers, but they're long delayed. For example, on this day, we are finally, after more than three and a half years, voting on calling a pastor, on calling a senior pastor. That long delay that we have prayed for, we hope has come to an end. Why did God delay the answer for us this long? Perhaps to strengthen our congregation, to strengthen our parish leadership. God answers our prayers, but in God's time. So Jesus tells his disciples, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, there are, and most Christians don't realize this, only two versions of the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. This one in Luke chapter 11, and the version of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, and I just blanked on the chapter right now, I think it is chapter 6. And the wording is slightly different, and in neither version does it have, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. The Lord's Prayer is short and to the point. Probably scholars believe that the Luke account that we've read this morning is the more ancient of the prayers. It just says, Father, now yes, that is from a patriarchal world. And yes, we could call God mother or parent, as some places have done, or divine lover. We use the word father because it has been such an ancient tradition. And for the sake of some, perhaps, it would shake their faith to try and say it any other way. But for you, say the prayer as you feel appropriate for you. Hallowed be your name. God's name will remain holy no matter what. But it is saying, Lord, help us to keep your name sacred. Let your dominion come. Your dominion, your kingdom come. God's kingdom will come no matter what. But we are praying that we acknowledge it, that this is God's world, God's dominion. Give us each day our daily bread. Again, it is a statement that we know God will give us all that we need, not necessarily what we want but God will give us what we need. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. This has always been problematic in various translations because it is not forgive us our sins because we're forgiving others. It is not forgive us our sins at the same time that we forgive others, but Forgive us our sins as we ourselves seek to forgive others. 
There's the peaceful world. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Don't test us beyond our capacity of faith. It's interesting that in Matthew's account of this prayer, the petition, your will be done, follows immediately after your dominion come. They are in some ways one and the same because God's will, when God's will is done in the world, it is God's kingdom coming among us. Also in Matthew, the final petition, deliver us from evil, follows after and do not bring us to the time of trial because, again, they are wedded closely together. God will deliver us from evil as God does not bring us to a time of trial. And the doxology of the prayer, what is called the doxology, for thine is the kingdom, etc., was added by the early church some years later. In fact, if you are either a former Roman Catholic or attend uh, mass in the Catholic church on occasion, you will know that as soon as everyone finishes, deliver us from evil, the priest continues, deliver us, Lord, from every evil, and continues with that short little addition to the prayer. And then the congregation responds, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It is an acknowledgement in a way for the early Christian community to acknowledge that everything is God's. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory. Every answer to every prayer is God's doing. Perhaps God's doing through us that it, we are called upon to bring forth God's dominion in this world. It is by God's grace and love that we become instruments of peace and love in this broken world. And I will just highlight this uh, as you are, since we're more people today, and uh, while you are waiting as people have received communion and here after the communion hymn, uh, if you want to look at how Martin Luther, 500 years ago, described the meaning of this prayer, in the very, very back of your hymnal, on page 1163, 1163, almost near the index, is Martin Luther's explanation of the Lord's Prayer, from his small catechism. Yes, it is in language and imagery of five centuries ago, but it is good review for Lutherans to read through that. It is in the very back, if you want to stick the prayer list back there, that during communion you read that. With that, amen.